Welcome to Friday Breakdown, guys. What's up? We got a big show for you today. Uh, we got a bystander shot in San Francisco. I think the police did a really great job in this case. However, things got really out of control really fast, and it really shows a lot that's going on in San Francisco. I think it's a very broad brushstroke, uh, but it gives us a really good glimpse on what police are facing in San Fran. So it's going to be a really fun breakdown. Uh, I'm going to be doing it with Jonathan Bates. Um Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and factormeals.com forward slash Wolfpack 5-0. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get down to business. Hit it the for growing me. calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. I forgot to turn the heater on last night in my studio. Forgot to turn the heater on in my studio. Everything is freezing cold in here. My chair, the hydraulics are frozen, so it won't go up and down. As John said earlier, I'm just going to be sinking throughout the show, and you guys are just going to have to deal with that. John, I know that your Cowboys didn't make it through the weekend. Are you doing okay? It's good to see you still alive and that you haven't brushed your teeth with your pistol. Uh, I don't know if you watched last night's illegal shift, but I actually break out the news with before three minutes goes by. So uh, no, I, 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 the reason why I'm here this morning is uh, when people are feeling like I do, it's very important to make uh, future plans and things that I have to obligations that I have to fulfill. If I had got to sleep last night with nothing to do today, like you know, I wouldn't have woken up. So, you know, that that would have been the end of me. It's it's been a tough been a tough week, and uh, my my phone was destroyed earlier this week. And then when I finally kind of got my tablet set up so I could communicate with people, I opened up Instagram and I have like nineteen messages with people making fun of me for what happened. So, you know, it's, um, uh, you see the Jerry Jones video where he's <laughs> crying so much. It was sad. I was heartbroken for the man, and I don't even like sports. Uh, I didn't see him crying, but, you know, I mentioned this last night of the legal shift. I was hoping that a Blackhawk helicopter would get Bill Belichick into the game before the before the two minute warning so that uh, he could just go up to Mike McCarthy and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm the head coach now. And then I could at least feel better about next season. But they're already saying they're not firing him. So guess what? We get to do it all again next year. So do you remember? Remember the Giants? I mean, not remember the Giants. Do you remember uh, Little Giants? I do. I remember the uh, annexation of Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember when Icebox was like a cheerleader and they're like getting their asses wolfed and she changes into the uniform like after halftime and runs out there and saves the game kind of? Yeah, that's how I felt. I mean, I had my shoulder pads on. I didn't pull on the jersey, <laughs> but I mean, you know. <laughs> Listen, I, guys, we have a lot. not bad. I can't do worse. I mean, why not go for it? <laughs> are you the kind of guy that like wears the same underwear it's like the whole playoffs or you know what i mean like the same shirt without washing it do you have like some of those tendencies do you have those uh absolutely but not because i'm superstitious i do it because i'm, I'm painfully and crippledly depressed <laughs> now, being that you're depressed i saw a commercial the other night and i was going to send it to you I don't know why I didn't send it to you, but it's a Nike. I guess this was like an old Nike commercial that I don't think it ever aired, but it's like this cartoon 
And this kid's like doing something and he's like just kind of like bummed out at his desk. He's kind of like that. And then he like stands up and then he turns around and he stands on a stool. So all you see is like his waist to his feet and he's wearing like Nikes. And then he kicks the stool out from under him and then it's just his legs dangling. And then the camera zooms out and he's hanging on to rings and he starts trying to do a pull up on the rings. And it said, it said, uh, don't kill yourself. Just get to work. Are you kidding me? Bro, Jeez. it was so rad. It was so Don't good. Don't kill yourself, just get to work, man. Something like that. You know? But it was dark, dude. I would find it and I'll send it. I'll post it on our Instagram. Um, but I was like, man, that is and I you know what? I'm hoping it's real. Um, did you see Sean Strickland? He's got the UFC fight tomorrow. Going yeah. ham on uh um going ham on Canada, shaming the trans movement. This LGBTQ uh, reporter asked him, and he was like, he, he just goes off on the dude. He calls, he's like, "You're the fucking problem with this world." He was like, ten years ago, trans movement was a mental uh, illness, and now you've weaselled your way in." I mean, he just goes like scorched earth, and he was like, "Look, I know this fights in Canada, and you guys are probably gonna fucking arrest me because y'all don't even have freedom of speech in this bullshit <laughs> country because y'all y'all are cowards and you." can't stand up to your little uh, Justin Trudeau. Like, I mean, the dude goes fire and he's got like some kind of Canadian shirt on too. And then he wore another shirt to the next press conference this week that said, uh, we need more women in the kitchen and more guns. <laughs> uh, that's nice. I hope, uh, I mean, he'll never be invited back to Canada for sure, but, uh, but he's trying hard. I mean, Sean Strickland's hilarious, but I'm glad to see that people are starting to get back to that dark humor. Um, I, I, I noticed, um, I made a, a comment on an army TikTok video, which I usually always comment the same thing. This is why we keep losing wars because everything is ridiculous. Well, finally this like squat from the uh, hundred and worst airborne, Starts off with a black gentleman holding the phone and it's like, I don't know what the song is, but it was like, um, it's basically like making fun of each culture. And it's like, what does the black man say? And then it shows like his other black friend. It's like, ooga, booga, 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 booga. Then it was like, what does the Chinese man say? And they have like the Chinese soldier and he's like, ching, chang, 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 Like, And then it's like, what does the, and it just goes through like every race. And then at the end, the black dude's just like, goes does one of these and i was like finally dude like that's the military i miss where it's like we made fun of everyone yeah that's, everybody uh, fun of that that's actually that's how i grew up like i'm from virginia and we had our we had army navy air force marines like everybody like if you didn't work for the shipyard like you were in the military and Everybody, like in my high school, we were from all over the world because everybody was just being stationed there and uh, everybody gave everybody shit. And uh, so like there was no racism at all growing up. So like now now that it's 30 years later and I'm hearing about how all this racism exists, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we had this almost whooped in the 90s. But you got you got to remember, Eric, that if the Democrats are really about ending racism, then uh, they can never let that happen because then there'd be no more Democrats. So. They'll they'll always propagate it and keep it going forever because that's how they stay in power and that's how they keep their money going. So they're always going to keep it going. I just learned this week that the Bidens are a gold star family. I didn't even know that. Biden's speech. I know. Condolences to them. Dang, dude. Uh, (laughs) Who knew that uh, Saddam killed Bo with cancer? I think that's pretty insidious. I don't think we gave, gave him enough credit. Yeah, one of those cancer rays. You didn't know about it? Evidently, I mean, and, and they were only targeting JAG attorneys. In I, it's 2009, pretty- years after he was already dead, and all the chemical weapons were proven not to be there. But uh, you know, listen, 
you know, let's give him the 21 gun salute or whatever it is. Uh, obviously, he went into, a, you know, a court of law was his operating theater. It's very dangerous. Uh, he's spent very a lot of time forward deployed, you know, at that neat little desk with the mandatory ice pitcher. And, uh, you know, I just th- we thank him for his brave brave service i mean i don't mean to make fun of the guy for being dead i guess but it was like i what i don't like is joe biden propping him up as like yeah like you said he's some sort of gold star family i remember during the debate with trump he starts getting there like no i'm so proud of my son Bo, who gave his life for his country and trump's just like what about hunter who like literally does lines of cocaine off of off of guns and hookers are you are you concerned about him at all and, and then the moderator's like oh don't bring hunter into this it was such a it was such a sham. I, I I was so irritated by that. And uh Yeah, it's like you've got one daughter that's a sex addict and then you've yeah. got another son who got kicked out of the navy the day that he entered. Um like what was that in like 2014 or 15 or something like that that he got I don't kicked know, out. but, but if, long ago and if, he got if, kicked if, out because he was uh, high on cocaine on his first fucking day. Yeah. You know, yeah, at least wait till the end of boot camp to get higher on cocaine. Well, no, he didn't have to go to boot camp. camp. He was one of four people to be like presidentially. I don't, I don't, I forgot what they call it, but they allowed four members into the Navy without having to go to basic training or anything. And he was going in as like civil affairs, um, like a civil affairs officer. So he didn't have to go to any formal training or anything. He was just, given the opportunity to be in the Navy. And so he shows up to the first day and they're like, yo, uh, are you high? And he fully admits in a JAG court that on his way in, he was really nervous and he stopped by a pub just outside of DC. And what he says in court was, yeah, that he's that somebody gave him a weird cigarette that made him feel weird. And he thinks you just are you as an adult, do you just take random cigarettes that people give you? And not only that, but folks, drugs are expensive. Back in the 80s, it was a lie that people said that friends were going to try to get you to do drugs. Friends don't try to get people to do drugs. Drugs are fucking expensive. No one's going to offer you drugs like, hey, man, here's some drugs for you. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) You know how I know? Because I've never once been offered drugs. Part of it's that I'm not cool and I have no friends, but it's like they're also expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, dude, uh, what what you smoking over there? Can I try it? Like, no, get your. I, I, I went. I went to a pub. Beef jerky. <laughs> I went to a pub and a, and a stranger offered me a cigarette. So of course I said yes, please. And I and I deserve to be in the navy. And uh, I I don't belittle the the officer rank that I've been given by just showing up and being a Biden or anything. So shameful, oh. absolutely shameful. If you were, I'm sorry, but if you were. If you were these Biden kids, you know you should you should be ashamed. And I maybe maybe uh, maybe Bo had a legit career or whatever, and it's sad that he's dead of cancer. But I think I think any proud sailor would be sad to be propped up as as a reason why uh, Joe Biden should be pitied or respected or whatever he's trying to use his son's life for for himself now. Yeah, I hate to have to call a dude out too. You know, like and and you know when if I was a JAG officer. And I served in Iraq in 2009, which, by the way, it wasn't much going on in 2009. Zero going on for a JAG officer. And they gave me a Bronze Star. Like, I would be embarrassed. I would be like, oh, man. Like, you know that's a participation trophy. You know what I'm saying? Like, every major that shows up to a combat theater gets a Bronze Star, which is absolute bullshit. So any officer that's like, I'm a Bronze Star combat veteran, you're like, shut the fuck up. All of you. 
they all they all give it to themselves though because it's something you need to make a light kernel so i mean it's just one exactly. hand washed than the other yeah well i don't want to make fun of those guys for that I want to thank them for their service. I want them to get their free Applebee's just as much as the next guy. But, you know, if you're going to stand on the stage and talk like that and call yourself a gold star family, now I've got to call out all the other majors who got all those little bullshit participation trophies on a bullshit deployment. So, Well, you have to because we have we actually have good Americans who actually, you know, families that have lost their sons and daughters lives in combat, actually fighting, actually doing something and they're gold star family. So. Don't right. don't compare. And, and and even if you're even if uh, Bo, you know, was a good guy and I, I don't know either way and he died of cancer. Don't directly compare him to somebody who did give their life in service for this country, because even if his death is sad, it's not the same thing. And also just don't be a, a piece of shit. Politician needs to constantly remind people that your, your son was in the army. Maybe just run on your own record and stop pointing to other stuff. I just yeah. think it's pathetic to use your dead son as a, as a political prop. Dude, I mean, Joe Biden started his uh, political career as a car salesman. No shit. And his father was a car salesman. So, I mean, the dude is a, a born natural bred liar and he can't stop his tweet um, after the Ira caucus, which I thought was hilarious, was uh, uh, something to the effect. Well, I mean, the exact wording was Trump barely won the Ira caucus. But like um, the whole post like kind of suggested like um you know, the Biden train is on fire. Trump barely won the Iowa caucus proof that, you know, MAGA isn't as big as and undefeatable as anybody thought, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, dude, everybody knows that he won the Iowa caucus by more points than anybody in the Iowa caucus history. And it was like negative 18 million degrees. And it was like super difficult to even get there. So like, I mean, it was a pretty staunch win. Listen, I'm not, again, you guys know I'm not a huge Trump guy. I'm not like a cultist MAGA guy or anything. I don't have like stickers and flags and, and go around and tell people and gloat who I'm voting for and, and praising these folks. But like at the end of the day, I mean, it's like, I'm not a Cowboys fan either, but uh, if the Cowboys beat the Steelers, you got, you can't just lie and say like, Oh, the Steelers whooped that ass this weekend, even though the score was like 35 to three. It's funny how uh, that's exactly how it goes, though. Like, uh, you know, pe people are so they don't pay attention to the news. They're not they're not listening to anything. Someone will just come out straight up lie about what happened. And it, it just generally gets accepted as truth. And and then the reporters will start feeding it back to Republicans saying, well, you know, we all know that this and this and this is happening. And it's just where are you getting that from? That just because some politician said it and it's just truth control. It's thought policing. And and because uh, the American consciousness is so weak and we're not critical at all about anything we hear we just totally accept lies and we just well that's the truth and it just drives me nuts and you can always tell when you're meeting someone who just spends all their time watching cnn or fox or whatever that they're just uh they're just totally they're just puppets they're being controlled and it's so frustrating it is. And that's why you should listen to us five days a week, keeping first responders informed and entertained. Starting off with society and culture news on Mondays with comedians Margaret Owens and Jay Darrell White. We also have True Crime Tuesdays with Jonathan Bates and Kendra J. Rama. Political News Wednesdays, Deadleg and myself. Thursdays, we have uh, our sports show, Illegal Shift with 
Chief Keefe and uh, Jonathan Bates. And then our Friday breakdown, which is me and uh, sometimes a street cop, sometimes detective, sometimes Jonathan Bates. You never know who's going to be on the Friday show. Uh, but that's what we're about. And then we also have Night Shift, uh, Top Secret Information, which is our conspiracy theory show with conservative Anthony, anti-hero podcast uh, with a Delta Force operator and a street cop. And we also have, uh, what else we got? Getting a grip on things, uh, which is Mike the Cop's son um, and his friends up in Michigan putting together just amazing good content out there so cool patreon shit oh dude our patreon's rocking and rolling just did another patreon news show uh yesterday i know that you guys are doing down the poll you guys got your uh, corrections officer show on there um if you want to support the show if you want to see it grow especially with the new stuff uh, we want to get some writers on here. We want to get some more researchers and journalists hired on here. We're going to use our Patreon to try to work through that and some other sponsors. So, um, which by the way, I want to get to the live chat and we're going to jump into this breakdown. Um, but I have to acknowledge our live chat. I know that 99% of you guys are just in your cop cars listening to this and you don't be a part of the live chats, but I've actually heard from you guys that you, uh, you kind of wish like you're sitting there in your car, like, man, I wish I could get on YouTube and make a comment like all these other cool YouTube people. Um, and you can even go that extra mile and be one of the cool paid members like Falconator, or Tactical Dude. But Murphy 30 dropping $20. He says, make Super Chats great again. Happy Friday, Murphy 30 uh, We still don't know what or who you are, but that $20 is going to go to hiring... Um, you know, our, our future, um, our future candidate for a hostile work environment. So, um, thank you so much for that. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, G Carter, is that, uh, she's a paid member. It looks like, um, she says, try being a dolphins fan. Listen, you guys are still in it. Are you, are the dolphins still in it? No, they're out of it. They were, they were, they were, they were completely uh, embarrassed by the chiefs. Uh, thank you. Murph five thirty. Uh, you are a mystery to me. Thanks to that $20. We are now uh, opening a failure stops HR department. So thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Um, uh, and by the way, Elizabeth G Garter, I don't know why, but that, that green M M&M and M is kind of, kind of sexy. I know. I like it. Um, thank you for being a part of the uh, fam. Uh, Elizabeth, we really appreciate you. Falconator Bosco, James Russell, Sarah couch. Oh man. My favorite. Sarah loves you, and she doesn't love me. I've literally never seen her in a, in a chat for a show that I've done. So, Sarah, what's the problem? I'm here, too. <laughs> Brian Travis is up in here. I broke the chair. Somebody knew. He says, hello, everyone. I don't know who that is. Uh, a really cool little monkey thing he's got going on there. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, all you guys with the cool emojis, keep it rocking, man. I love that shit. It really gets me going. Low Ren, thank you for that. Um, okay, uh, that's going to be it for everybody. And um, again, Sarah now says, what's up, John? So good for her. Uh, Hi, Sarah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I made a very inappropriate joke about you this week in front of my wife. And then my wife said, you should send that joke to her. And then I started to type it out. And I said, if she doesn't get that this is a joke, it could really backfire. And she said, you're right. And then I didn't send the joke. So um, anyway, I, we had a really good joke for you. And uh, we didn't send it. Yep. If you have to ask yourself if you should do it, you generally should. So, and, and, and not only that, Eric, but if it's you asking yourself, you definitely shouldn't. It was one of those jokes that was really, really funny, but like it could also, if she took it the wrong way, she could be very hurt by it. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up not saying it was very dark. It was something to do with like trafficked Russian orphans. And, uh, yeah, we decided against it. And uh, if my wife decides, like, hey, probably don't send that. It'll probably hurt her feelings. Then I, I just usually, I usually go on that. So, um, 
anyway, guys, let's jump into today's uh, today's today's breakdown. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the news today, and with it being 2024, Tantra Thomas Predictions has always predicted that this is going to be the year to end all years. It's going to be very very crazy, and um, they haven't pulled the cop card yet. So it's like almost have they passed over the police? Are they done bashing the police? Have they figured or have they figured out that that the defund the police movement is really just kind of backfiring on them? Or do you think it's, it's just it, it's just too early? It's just uh, you got to remember it's not the the defunding the police is intellectually dishonest, right? Like we we, we can't have a society that's not being policed. And so it's all it's all well and good to call the police corrupt and uh, abusive when, you know, the, the system is ultimately the in charge of that is is Donald Trump. Now that you've got Joe Biden in charge and he's, quote unquote, running the country, it just makes it look bad that the, that the system is uh, abusive. So they're going to call less attention to uh, problems with police because it doesn't work in their political favor. Uh, if for for whatever it, it, it reason it changes and it's more politically advantageous to uh, attack, uh, you know, who are, con you know, police are traditionally conservative. Not all of them are. But if it ever becomes adv advantageous again, that's exactly what they're going to do. You got to remember, they wanted to make 2020 as miserable as possible so that when you went to the polls, you were, you were thinking about how much you, you hated life, whether that was covid or. Uh, the economy being destroyed in response to COVID or, or the George Floyd stuff. They're trying to make 2020 as bad as possible. It's possible that, you know, they may try to exploit the same tactics and make 2024 bad. But you have to remember the people who are in power right now, uh, that's going to completely decide the strategy, right? We know that uh, the Bidens are colluding with the media. They're telling them how to, how to cover Trump and what to do and what to say and what questions to ask. And so, you know, now that you've got Democrats who are sitting in the seat of power, it's going to control, totally control that. But police officers, this is your life. This is your career. This is where your benefits come from. And so if you, you know, you're putting in, you know, 15, 20 more years, you got to know this is coming back at some point. Uh, it's going to be advantageous to throw you overboard and it's going to throw it's going to throw your life into chaos. So you, you've always got to be ready for that. Your job's highly political. And uh, when something goes wrong, uh, you know, the brainwashed populace is going to be constantly ready to uh, gather around you and cause a scene and whip out their phones. And they want to be the reason why you make CNN. So uh, it's still going to happen, uh, if not from the top politically, from the people in your community. Yeah. So we have dropping right now is a lot of new Uvalde information has just come out. Um, really not hitting as big as I thought. I know it just came out yesterday, but it's not really hitting as hard as I thought it would hit. Um, there's also a shooting, uh, maybe a maybe a search warrant got awry. Uh, I, I, I'm very careful to post anything about it. I see a lot of other police podcasts. We still get sucked into this always wanting to be first. Failure step isn't that. We're not trying to be first. When Breonna Taylor died, I remember getting the phone call. I wasn't a podcaster. Uh, I wasn't on Instagrammies. I, wasn't, I didn't have all the things. And I remember a really good friend of mine who's not a cop who was in the military with me called me and said, this girl, Breonna Taylor, was just killed on a no-knock warrant. It was the wrong address and they fucking shot her while she was asleep. This is why people hate police. And I said, well, hold on. You don't have the, all the information. That sounds way too good to be true. We're missing something. He wrote back and he said, I didn't expect you um, to agree with me because you've gone to the dark side, but the 
police are too powerful. You know, he was getting bought into this whole BLM thing. He was making lots of posts to the point where we couldn't be friends anymore. We're now friends again. And he's all back pro-police, which is very funny. But I think he even understands that the whole Breonna Taylor thing was a lie. So I don't want to post anything about this just in case, because it seems a little ridiculous, right? They serve a warrant. It's the wrong house. The kid's like uh, on a ventilator. They keep them from being on the ventilator. I don't know the whole story. We will break it down. And if the cops fucked up, we have no problem saying it. I'm just not, I, I, I'm not going to be first. I know that we had talked about it as a team about breaking it down today. Way too early. All the facts aren't there. All we have is what mainstream media is pushing out at this moment, what we're seeing on TikTok and Instagram. And if you want to believe those things, hook, line, and sinker, power to you. Uh, I just like to give it a, a couple of weeks. Give it a couple yeah, of weeks. The, it'll come out. The news is going to talk out of their ass right away because they want to sell Pfizer commercials and they want to stir people up and divide people. We're actually not about doing that. We we're, we do not have Pfizer as an advertiser. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not we're not here to divide people. We're here to, to figure out what's going on and to talk about it reasonably. And just like with anything else, you have to wait. It just takes time for facts to come in. And uh, those knee jerk reactions don't help anybody. Let's dive into this. Uh, so this is coming out of San Francisco. And, and this is kind of the reason why we chose this case was because um, I think it's a very fair Look, I and like I said in the, the intro, it's like a broad stroke. Um, but I think this is not an isolated incident. I would be willing to bet that any anytime San Francisco PD is trying to do anything, it probably looks a lot like this. Now, this escalated significantly, and it's escalated very quickly, as you're gonna see in the videos. Um I, I'm guessing most folks haven't heard the name Ryan Blueford. Um, if this had happened in 2020, uh, he, he would have been all over the place. Basically, what happened is, is this past summer in San Francisco, you've got some uh, plainclothes San Francisco police officers who are out working the streets. They come across a male suspect, Catalina and Fairfax Avenue, and they let him know he's got an arrest. He's kind of mouthy. He's kind of kind of running his mouth, not being too cooperative, but he's not actively resisting. Right. He's not running away he's, or anything. He's like even that. being compliant. I mean, compliant, but, but, you know, mounting today's, <laughs> today's standard. Yes. He's got uh, some friends gathered around him. And, uh, I, I was never a police officer, but I remember working in, in prison and being constantly surrounded by, you know, felons all the time. And, and so I know how that feels to be outnumbered. And when you're trying to take somebody into custody, believe it or not, you do arrest people in prison. You take them to like a more super form of prison. You go arrest them. You put handcuffs on them. And if you walk onto their cell block, it's just like walking into the neighborhood. And, they, you know, if they've got some juice because they're in the gang or whatever and all their homies are around, when you're trying to go get this guy, it's extremely dangerous. And so in a prison, there's ways that we can control the environment, right? Like we can have everybody lock up and just go get the guy out of his cell. But they're walking into a neighborhood. They don't have a lot of control over the physical environment. All his friends are all over the place. As a police officer, as I'm watching this, I'm seeing them trying to arrest this guy, and, and, and I'm completely worried about all of his friends there because his friends are all recording it. His friends are not being nice. You'll hear prolific use of the N-word here, which is just how people talk. But I would have never guessed what happened. Uh, it will, we'll break this down and get into it. But uh, somebody else just decides to insert themselves in the situation. Somebody, uh, Ryan Bluford, who has no respect for law enforcement, he's a He's a he, he's a model citizen in the sense that so few people have respect for law enforcement anymore that when you see a police action going on, so many people feel like, well, I can just get involved in that and I can put a stop to it. 
it doesn't matter that a judge signed a warrant and we have a legal system that's based on rule of law and evidence. This asshole, Ryan Bluford, just shows up out of nowhere. And I also want to mention, too, like, uh, spoiler alert, he gets shot at the end, which is, you know, too bad because it's like he decided to uh, have his court hearing out in the streets, which you're never going to win. Uh, but before you feel too much for the guy, just remember he was convicted, not alleged, but in, in 2006, he was convicted of the gang rape of a 16-year-old. So this guy walks up. He's acting like a thug. You think he's some kind of gang member. Just remember, he's just your common sex offender, and he decides to insert himself in the situation. But I like this case because it's uh, it's uh, interesting in terms of use of force, how police operate. It's a, a lo- kind of a low-key story of, of what's going on in modern policing. But it's also a really great example of something going wrong that could be totally exploited by the media and a reason why you as a police officer acting in a similar way could all of a sudden find yourself on CNN and y- yourself being doxxed and uh, having to go into hiding and having having one of your buddies from your squad, you know, parked out in front of your house in an unmarked car until the case is over. Uh, and these police officers, there's an officer involved shooting. They're going to be jammed up in court about this for probably three or four years, maybe five years being in California. And uh, the jury that that might hear a case if they're eventually charged with wrongdoing is not going to be a good jury. So I just think it's an interesting case. But Eric was a police officer for almost nine years. Right, Eric uh, in Raleigh? Yeah, eight years, yeah. Eight years. And uh, and uh, I read in your book that you were picking up people with warrants sometimes on your own. And sometimes those situations went well and sometimes they didn't. So, folks, you could benefit from Eric's experience of things going well and then also things going bad. And we're going to break down uh, the body worn cam just to show how this everyday experience in policing can go terrible. Eric, did you want the context first of them walking up and arresting this guy, or did you want to just go yeah, straight that's to the encounter? Fine. I mean, um, yeah, I want to, I definitely want to get the, uh, the walking up. I know that there's some tacticians in here, some people that are going to tactically um, have questions about this. I think tactically it's, 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 uh, you know, it's very good for the times. I don't know that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you would have, you would have acted like this. Um, you, you really want, want to do is when you're serving one of these warrants and from the video, you'll see it here shortly. I'm guessing that this was like a, you know, a, probably a violent felony warrant or at least some kind of trafficking level warrant because you have a plain clothes division. Um, it looks like maybe street crimes or it, this could be like career criminal unit um, or maybe a gang unit. Um, but this is definitely a plain clothes unit, which means that um, they have been looking this guy and they're using uh, outside assets to try to find him. that like basically a street cop can't deal with this. Uh, now, I, I think typically what you'd want to do here, though, is if you had time, get some uniform cops there. Pause it really quick. I understand that that Sam, and this is what's hard to break this one down tactically because San Francisco is suffering from a lack of police and a lack of good police. Nobody wants to be a San Francisco police officer. So you might have clothes, plain clothes officers that are just doing extracurricular activities like i mean she could be a domestic violence detective having to do this arrest because they don't have any plain clothes i mean they don't have any uniform officers to do it so i really don't know and they're not really putting a lot out about this case informational wise so there is more speculation in this case than usual because it's it's really being kind of hush hush i mean the video is all out there but there's not a lot of stuff that's like 
what unit were these police officers in? Were they in the street crimes unit? There's not really a lot out there. Why were they doing this? Uh, why didn't they have a cop car readily available? So I can only speculate. I think there's two things. One, they didn't have any plain clo uh, uh, closed officers, uh, uniformed officers available. Or uh, two, this dude was wanted and has a history of running and escaping. But they seem like they walk up on this guy and everybody is just kind of chill. You've got one gentleman sitting on a brick wall, another one leaning up against some stairs. It's outside. Looks like it's a little cold. Everybody's got jackets on. Everybody's kind of got their hands down by their side, slouching one dude's but Nobody really gives a shit. She comes up and she explains, go ahead and play the audio so that the oh, folks can hear this. What is they, they roll up on him and say he's got a warrant and you know that they're going to arrest him and they're trying to help him. They're like, well, you know, let me use my phone and let me do this, you know, before I get arrested and all this. Let me let me tell someone I'm being arrested. And they're, they're the police are generally kind of helpful and calm with them. But I'll, I'll go back and play it. This is uh, Red's in the chat, by the way. She was my old partner. Been cool to have her on this episode. Help break this down because she's a female cop that has done this a bunch. But uh, we're, we're gonna confirm it real quick, and then uh, I'll let you know. All right? Can I call somebody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put you in handcuffs real quick. All right? Let's just step on this side. Of her. No. Okay, hold on. Just hold on. I'm not yeah. gonna take. I'm not gonna see this. I promise. I'm not gonna see this. Call somebody, Get out of my pocket. I forgot her number. I'll get now, um, just go ahead and pause it really quick. Um, uh, this is not how you would put somebody into cuffs that you're searching, especially if they're a violent felon or surrounded by known gang members, which it's pretty apparent they are. It's a very San Francisco way of arresting somebody. Uh, her stance is there, there's zero posture there. Uh, typically, you'd want one of those legs behind this guy so that you could take his knees out or you could dump him behind you. Um, you. You would have some kind of like arm control, like maybe grab him by the, uh, by, by the inner elbow, the bicep, something like that to feel any kind of resistance. This looks like a very lackadaisical way of, of they're kind of letting him fiddle around with his pockets. Wouldn't have let that happen. Yeah, but I no, guess it's a very San Francisco way of arresting somebody. Like you can tell that they're walking on eggshells with this guy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You can make a phone call. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that a little bit later. And I've got no problem with the tone of ice. I've got no um, problem with uh, being relaxed and calm and cool. But just because you're relaxed doesn't mean that you're not ready to not be relaxed. No. Not only are they relaxed, but they're not ready if they have to be not relaxed. And what I mean by that is like their posture is completely, it's completely off. Uh, luckily, this guy is pretty compliant and everybody around them is, is pretty just non-giving a fuck. I would have tried to separate that man from those people immediately. I would, I would have walked yeah. up. Grab him by the elbow and say, "Hey, man, let's walk over here. We're gonna chat with you for just a second. Yeah. And you would go walk over, over and get him in the car. Yeah. And then, and then I would have gone through that. But uh, it, it, giving somebody the power of the empowerment of being around his friends, where he can be a little bit cocky, or uh, well, that that's a huge part of it is actually his friends, right? So, and and we don't know if they're gang members. Maybe they are, or whatever. Uh, but he's got a safe face, right? So he's got to comply. He's got to find a way to thread the needle of complying, but also looking like a tough ass and real put out. It would have been so much easier if they're like, Hey man, come on over here. Let's talk separately. And then before they even mention a warrant, before they even mention arrest, get them separated. And he probably knows he's got a warrant. So he's either going to run or he's not going to run. I'm like, so, okay, so let's get you to the car. Once you get them separated from everybody, that's when you, when you can arrest people. And, and, how do you know how can i say this isn't that being not a police officer i'm like well that's just what we did in prison man like like i said it was dangerous everybody there was a felon if we knew that we had to take somebody into custody to take him to talk to our detectives or if we just had to separate him or if we were taking him to, to go to a disciplinary unit 
we get them away from all their buddies. They're they're going to behave totally different when they're on their own. And when we explain the bad news to them, uh, they're generally more compliant. But this guy's got to this guy's got to be a tough ass for his friends. And uh, there's a detective or a police officer standing across from a female, and she's standing on him straight on. Like when you when you're confronting somebody, you need to have like a more bladed stance where you're kind of standing off to the side so you can jump out of the way or get ready to run or whatever, or just present minimal aspect. So. And, and why do I say that? It's not because I'm an ultimate tactician. I'm not. But it's like so much of when you go and confront someone is in your disposition and bearing. It's in the tone of your voice. Like you can be nice. You could be professional. But if but if you're showing them too much kindness, they absolutely will read that as weakness. And these guys are very, very good at, at seeing your body language. And they'll be able to tell whether or not you're ready to fight or not. And I wonder if these police officers, the, the suspect they're arresting isn't the problem in this case. But I wonder how ready they were for a fight in this one, Eric. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're very ready at all. I don't think there's anything wrong. And again, this is a very San Francisco way of doing things. There's nothing wrong with uh, seeing what the uh, compliance level is going to be by starting that whole thing off with grabbing them by the wrist, grabbing them by the elbow. Not hard. Um, but you already have a warrant for his arrest. You can put your hands on him. Hey, man, we're going to walk right over here. Come No, you have a warrant for your arrest. Just come walk right over here. We're going to talk. And then you can start feeling in his hand what's going to happen there. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Just because you sit there and you be like, hey, man, so, yeah, you've got a warrant. And um, we're just going to pat you down. Like, you're going to get that compliance one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's better to know right off of the bat than to, I, I don't know. I don't understand this. This looks very dangerous, especially their backs were all turned to all these guys. They're way outnumbered. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You got eight people, and it looks like maybe what three cops? I can't tell. Is that three plus, cops? Plus that he, just he just sent it. He just sent a text message. Who the hell knows who he just messaged saying, "Hey, the the cops are arresting me. Well, Come I on over here." Was, uh, I guarantee you, he just texted fucking blueford or whatever uh, yeah <laughs> it could could have been blueford that's that's a good point you know uh we're, we're watching this case and we're saying that this guy who shows up out of nowhere i almost wonder uh the, the court case probably isn't in full swing yet but i almost wonder if, if blueford was this guy so what happens is, is these guys they got him working away from the scene they got him handcuffed from behind now it, it, the, you can't see this because we're walking away but all of his homies they're all following Right. So they're they're kind of down this alleyway. They're in the, between these two big buildings where they're going to hooking this guy up and they're marching him out. First of all, for the for the suspect with a warrant. This is an extended perp walk. This is very. Uh, you know what I, love that I care about it really quick. Have you ever seen Lion King? Well, of course I have. I mean, I didn't cry because I cried during a uh, land before time and that made me dead to the world. But yeah, this, I've is, seen this Lion reminds King. me a lot of when the little toucan is trying to talk to Scar. And then all of the like coyotes are like coming up behind him and they're just like swarming yeah. him and he's just kind of like, blah, 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 blah. and they're like following and lurking in the shadows. Like that's what's going on here. You've got these little toucans trying to reason with Scar here and all his little minions are just kind of crawling in the background, like very ominously, like never would happen. Never would happen if I was a cop. I would stop and I'd be like, hey, all you guys can either have a seat or you can walk away. This doesn't involve you. But if you want to yeah. be involved, we can make you involved right now. I will take every one of you to jail for obstructing justice right now. You're not following us. Not yeah. that close. You're not. And if you want to test my result, I bring a van up here and I can just make this a very long day for everybody. Or you can simply just get back about 10 feet. Yeah. And uh, so the other the other thing is, is just like I said, he's got to save face. Well, you're doing this extended perp walk where he's being walked through his neighborhood with uh, with handcuffs on. So the gang was not is not going to like this. Right. Because this is sort of humiliating for him. 
Here's another thing that I'm noticing that just, and, and again, I'm not a cop and cops will listen to this and they'll laugh at me for my experience. All I can tell you is what my experience is, is that when you put handcuffs on, on somebody, you go hands on. Look at this guy. He's walking Stop away. This video. Stop this video. What? I didn't even catch that. I thought he's that stepping, was. He's stepping away from him. If, he, if you've got somebody in handcuffs, you need to grab him by the elbow. There's a couple reasons for that. And Eric, I'll let you comment on this. But number one, you don't want him to run away. Number two, he's physically under your control with handcuffs. What if, what if somebody in a rival gang tries to take that moment where he can't defend himself because his hands are behind his back and walks up and it runs up and smokes him. Like then, then this guy's getting assaulted. We almost broke down a case this week that just happened this week where I think it was in New York and they're arresting a guy and they're taking him down the stairs and he runs down the stairs and jumps out the window and swan. I love that video. I loved it. Uh, Like, you know, those fucked, like, you know, they're, civilly fucked because they didn't have control of their subject. There's another video out this week where the dude takes off running across the highway in handcuffs. Um, So uh, absolutely restraining somebody. But I think what's even crazier is there is somebody going through his pockets while he's doing this perp walk. By the way, the perp walk here is they've arrested him like kind of in a like a um, a stairwell. Like it's kind of like in between a building, maybe like a building courtyard kind of area. And now they're walking to the front of the building and they're walking down this um, pretty highly populated businessy looking area and it's just a long sidewalk no cop cars and you've got like eight or nine mem- gang members or or thugs or whatever these guys are following you they're all dressed like thugs so i'm gonna call them thugs um don't want to be a thug don't don't dress like a thug i guess but they're walking like hyenas behind them and there's somebody ravaging through this guy's pockets while the cop is escorting him down this way i thought after i've watched this video three times that that was a cop i just now noticed on my big beautiful screen here that the motherfucker going through his pockets is wearing Crocs. Uh, that's never okay. I, I, I am, I am very much against Crocs, but also shoelessness of any kind. If you're a man, you need to be wearing real shoes, and you need to be. If you're a cop, you need to be. After, you need to be ready to kick somebody or run, which you cannot do in Crocs. Uh, but, but if you have handcuffs on somebody, I'm just going to tell you this from a CO standpoint: you need to have hands on because you, you have physical control of them. You're responsible for them. And uh, you just you don't want this guy wandering around and doing whatever he wants. You also need to just subtly take command of the situation, saying you're in our custody. Uh, you need to come with us. You can't stand around continuing to chat. You're under arrest. And they need to get him the hell out of there, separate him from his buddies and get him into a, a police car. And it seems like they're walking like two blocks to get to a police car, which is just. But why is know, this person in Crocs rummaging through his pockets? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's time for that yet. Like, get him to the car. Well, get wait till there's some uniforms. There. I think. I mean, I think that's one of the other thugs. I don't think that's a cop, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, uh, the dangers of of weapons, but also taking evidence or whatever, or you know, drugs. I mean, it's just it's insane. So it's insane. When, when, like that's not a cop. That's somebody that while they're walking. There is a person who I thought was a cop at first, but now as I see, those aren't police pants. Those are dark blue jeans, and that's not a police. He's wearing a hoodie, and he's wearing Crocs, and it's a, a, a black – it looks like maybe a black female or a black male, but they're going through all of his pockets. Like, what are they going through his pockets for? What, what could you possibly – I mean, that's the what? most absurd, insane thing I've, I've seen. Go back. Just play it back. Uh, Ten seconds. Go back. i got to see this again, but, like, this is – I problem. think the suspect – the suspect's telling his friends to grab stuff out of his pocket. Yeah, look at that. They're not even he, jeans. He grabbed something out of there. Yeah, I oh see what you're saying. God. I thought you were. I thought you were saying the cop was wearing Crocs, but I want to say to gang members out there, you need to be wearing appropriate footwear oh, yeah. as well. If you're going to fight the police, 
In my day, they wore Timbaland boots. What happened? Yeah, and then they started taking laces out. But Red and I, one of our biggest fights against this guy named, uh, well, I don't want to say, well, I'll say his name, Eric Winston. Um, Red and I got in, a, in a, one of our, the most hellacious fights. I think it was probably our last fight together. Um, actually, she had to come. She had, well, After she left policing, she had to fly back into North Carolina for this particular case. But um, he ran from me, but he was wearing Crocs, and uh, he didn't have them in sport mode. So um, caught him. <laughs> And uh, in a fight, a really a, a bad fight ensued. But um, yeah, d- d- what are you guys wearing Crocs for? And and why are you running with your pants where you can't keep them up? When I see somebody like that, I just see a just weakness, man. Like when I was a cop, I was like, oh, thank God, the guy that that we have warrants has got his pants the lowest because he's not going anywhere. You can't run like that. In, in so you prison, know, uh, prison, it's a gang thing, or you know, a, a signal that uh, you're available. So. We would go. We would go get guys and essentially arrest them. And I would have to get guys and handcuff them. And then uh, I would have to hold up their pants. You know, I, I hated uh, taking Ooh. guys into custody and and having to grab the back of their pants so that I'm not humiliating them by dropping their jaws in front of everybody and showing Dude. their shame to the, to everybody. And but that's that's another reason why you should have hands on. What is this guy's pants that are barely holding on for dear life at this point? drop down i mean it's not it's not going to be a problem for you i don't think criminally but it's just one more thing that you don't need to be dealing with while you arrest this guy gosh dude this is so cringe and now they're just standing on a sidewalk like okay so Where's like the car the video, um they're they're in a really kind of residential businessy area and literally you have like two cops i've, I've only counted two cops now um that they've got the suspect. He's in handcuffs. They have the horde of hyenas behind them. A whole horde. It looks like six or eight hyenas. Um, plus, you got this one chick who's still on the phone. And now it's like they are standing at the corner of a four-way intersection waiting for an Uber. That's what it looks like, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they're they're, they're tremendously vulnerable. We know other people might be showing up. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. And these people who are behind him to the right, like they're all getting ready to take out their cameras. They're all getting ready to show what's about to happen. I don't know if they knew it was coming or not, but this guy Blueford's about to come out of the blue and uh, completely change the the dynamic. Eric, if you're uh, ready, I'll just skip ahead. It's only a couple more minutes. They're waiting around for the. I don't want to skip ahead. I want to actually stop the video and I want to like not talk. I want our audio listeners to hear the rhetoric. What's going on? I want you to hear the escalation. Let's play the whole video through. Not the whole video, but let's just go through at, at the beginning of the perp walk. And I want you guys just to listen intently on the escalation like when they made the arrest everybody was cool calm and collect nobody was talking shit but all of a sudden people start testing the waters because it's going on longer and longer and they keep testing the waters and it gets more and more and more and more and more and you're going to see how empowered everybody becomes by the end of this and this is why as a law enforcement officer this is the takeaway to today's show uh this is why you end this stuff you make these things quick, fast, and in all sorts of a hurry, and you don't have these problems before we jump into the video and play it the rest of the way out and finish the episode uh, with a bang. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. Last night, I laid my sweet head down on my beautiful little ghost bed pillow, and I tucked myself in with those cooling sheets with that beautiful cooling technique technology it's almost like a weighted blanket just drifts over top of you uh i slept like a doll i woke up today just energized and ready to go and thank god because when i got into my studio today i forgot to turn the heater on last night 19 degrees outside it was ice cold in here but i was able to power through this episode 
all things to GhostBed. Right now, 0% down, 0% financing. I think they're still rolling that 50% off up until Valentine's Day. Get your partner, get your loved one, the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. Get them a GhostBed pillow if you can't afford a mattress. Get them the cooling sheets. Get them all the things. You all know that one person that's just cranky as shit all the time. They're the ones that need this. Get them something that'll get them a good night's sleep. I always say mental health starts with a good night's rest, and that's why we are proud to sponsor with GhostBed. Treat yourself. Get you the pillow. Get you the sheath get you the bed get you the adjustable mattress with you can get the the lux it's got the zero gravity massage modes that just rock it through your back i mean talk about how much money you would save on therapy and chiropractors if you had just that bed alone uh it pays for itself it sleeps so good you'll have dreams of being asleep it's that wonderful like you're gonna get you're gonna get twice built baked in inception style christopher nolan sleep on these things it's gonna be great yeah we're talking outer rim sleep mm-hmm. like not just and rim, then, uh, rim just eric cold. we've i've never gotten to do the chant with you i know that you retired the chant oh, a few years yeah. ago it's but, the, but, it. but, but this mattress is the only mattress that's made in the good old usa 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 all right i get why you retired it i yeah nobody can do it no like nobody watched rocky four nobody can go usa U.S. It. just fucks it all up. But uh, Beds made the good old USA. 0% down, 0% financing, and that's if you have uh, San Francisco PD credit. Head over to GhostBed.com and get you a sleep so good and scary. Uh, FactorMeals.com forward slash Wolfpack50 meal planning to the next level. You got to get a good night's sleep and you got to stay energized. So when one of these wackadoodles decides they want to take off running, you're not one of those sloth cops trying to catch them. Embarrassing the profession. You want to be lean, mean, and in fighting shape. That all starts with meal prep and meal planning. Listen, family first. We've always been about that on this show. You can't be family first if you're prepping for court, if you're prepping for work, if you're prepping for the gym, if you're meal prepping, if you're getting your diet out. When are you prepping to be a family man? At least let somebody take some of that burden off you, and that's where Factor Meals comes in. They do all the meal planning for you. Go to their website. They got like 300 recipe options to to choose from. Choose your recipes for the week, and they deliver them straight to your drawer. Uh, Fresh, never frozen, chef-prepared meals. Uh, They have protein heavy, calorie conscious. They have vegan, vegetarian, whatever you're trying to work on, they can customize it. And at the end of the day, it costs like the same as if you were going to the grocery store, buying the quality ingredients, driving back, putting it all away, then pulling out your skillet, putting it all on the stove and getting your Rubbermaid Pyrex, Pytex dishes, uh, meal planning it all out, separating it all and putting it all in the refrigerator, all the energy, all the, uh, at the end of the day, they deliver right to your door. You pop it in the microwave for two minutes and you go. It's the same cost. At the end of the day, you're not losing any money on this. It's a no brainer for all first responders. Why everybody else is eating peasant food, the little peasant peanut butter and jelly, their peasant bologna, their spam and eggs. You could be eating like a real king at factormeals.com forward slash Wolfpack five zero. Get you 50% off your first order. Head over to factormeals.com forward slash Wolfpack five zero. All right, let's go ahead and finish this show out. I'm going to play it from here. I say we just play the whole video. We'll talk about it at the end, unless you just feel like you have to stop it. No, I'll, we'll play it out. I'm not going to take a month to see this. I promise I'm not going to see this. Hey, Steve, call somebody, bro. I'll put it for you. Call my girl. You get out of my pocket. I forgot her number. I'll get it for you, dude. You got it? You got it. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Cool. We'll confirm it, and if it's not, we'll, 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 we'
you are stop. Yo, this dude just came out screaming like that. I didn't even catch this. He pushed the cop. Oh, he would have been flattened, bro. Flattened. I would have driven my elbow through that dude's fucking brain. Yo. Well, I guess it's a girl. But no, no, it's that dude come up and push you. Yeah, yeah no, not today. No, it's 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 a guy. This is Ryan Blueford right here. Uh, but yeah, he walks out of the go and he says, "What are you doing in my neighborhood?" It's which, first of all, like the police have no authority or whatever. And he's like, he's saying, you know, you don't have a warrant, and he he's demanding this arrest stop. I he's got to be the guy that this guy texted, right? The the rabble rouser, the guy who's going to come up, and they're all getting out their phones, and they're going to use the the power of um, you know, essentially the mob to 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 disincentivize the police from doing their job. Uh, but he comes out immediately, gets in this cop's face, and the cops, you know, he's like, "What are y'all doing?" And he goes, and the cop is a little bit too meek here. I'm sorry, I'm not a cop, so I don't. No, really I think it's a concerned. girl cop. I think that's what I was saying. I, I know that, okay. that Blueford's not and, a girl. And, and, I'm pretty sure he just shoved a girl cop. Oh, I don't and, care. And you're right, and, but uh, so so she's like, "Well, we got a warrant for his arrest, guy. Like, hey, take it easy, pal. We got we got a warrant. We're good to go." And of course, this guy doesn't fucking respect you. Why would he respect a piece of paper saying you could take someone to jail? Yeah, man. Red would have out his ass. Let's play it out because it just gets worse and worse. Go ahead. By the way, I'm in stream. I said right. so the fucking royal. Now tell me something, nigga. You need a backup. And I need to do what? I need a backup. I need to do what? I'm coming right next. I'm coming right next. I'm coming right now. Fuck you, man. I'm coming right now. I said I'm coming right now. a gun he's in an intersection the only guy cop here who looks like a complete cuck um and i don't i shouldn't have said that uh because i am pro police i'm pro these guys and i understand like going but like he definitely doesn't have a warrior mindset at all but he runs he runs and finds cover um i i think at this point the way that this guy's acting he pulls out a gun you advance on the target and you lay that target down right now um because what you have is you have a car in the middle of the road it looks like there's somebody else in that car. You've got a bunch of gang members behind you. This is spiraling dangerously out of control. If this dude fires, somebody's getting hit with that bullet, whether it be all the horde of hyenas behind the cops, the two girl cops, or this one undercover. I don't know if he's a security guard or a cop. He's got this like dinky fake radio dangling off his pants. Not even sure if he's a cop. He retreats 
Uh, he retreats about 25 yards off of the subject um, to go find cover. You're not very effective there. You have a, a line of apartments behind you and a whole bunch of cars in a four-way intersection. So you're not going to do much work there. At this point, when this dude has a gun and he's got the gun out of the pocket, I'm not sure while everybody's not advancing and plugging this guy full of multiple holes. This is that whole like protector propaganda bullshit that's going on where it's like we have to just you know this is how people get really really fucking hurt and fortunately this case works out for everybody but it could have easily ended in uh the deaths of a lot and i'm not willing to take the gamble they should have smoked this guy right here and then and there that's my opinion uh go ahead and keep playing it Hey, he's got a cut. Hey, he's got Get your hands up. Get your hands up. Get your hands up. Hands up right now, shoot. Hands up or I'll shoot. Hands up or I'll shoot. Charlie 11 had him one at gunpoint, not responding to commands. Get your hands up or I'll shoot. Not the time to be on that radio, by the way. Again, this is such San Francisco. As like you can tell that everybody is deathly afraid of what's about to happen, but homeboy's got a gun. Homeboy's in the middle of the intersection. He's completely batshit crazy, and you have a lot. You have an onslaught of of gang members, or at least something that you could articulately argue are a threat to you. A whole bunch of hyenas. Um, this guy's also moving towards a covered position. I would not let him get there. You've given him the command. You've told him you're about to shoot him, and he's obviously walking to a point of cover. He gets to cover and then poises the gun out. I don't think you wait that long. You lay that guy down and you do it sooner than later. I mean, I'm glad this worked out for all the cops. And I think you guys did a great job because you won. I just, I would be really, if you're another officer looking at this and I get it too, right? You're like, well, you're not the one that's going to have to go to jail for it. Okay. I, I'll take that argument. Um, I wish I didn't have to take that argument from you, but I, I, I empathize with that. I understand that. I, I get that You can't just lay somebody down because you know that the pending consequences that could land you in jail forever. Uh, mm. And if that's your argument, I really don't have much to say about it. So touche. Well, but, it's, it's, it's just the, the shitty state of policing that, you know, that if somebody has got to go to work and do this job, this is what policing always has been is taking people into custody and now when you're when you have a confrontation like this, that almost seems like it was ginned up, like this confrontation was tailor made for you uh, to disincentivize police from doing their job. It's absolute bullshit that you're out there trying to trying to enforce the law and you have to think about what the consequences are for the rest of your life. That's not what a police officer should be thinking about when you're looking at a suspect. and You've got a rifle in your hands. And, you know, a case in point, Eric, you said he's using the radio. It's because he is thinking about what is this going to do the rest of my life? Am I, if am I going to have to take a shot? And even if it's justified, the system doesn't work anymore. The, the precedents that we have, if you've got people like Ben Darby going to prison for the rest of his life, what's going to happen to me? Even if I have a totally justified shooting, I'm in San Francisco. This is how I get hung up. I, I've been sitting on a time bomb this whole time. And today's the day that it's blowing up. This is not the shit that should be in your mind when you're a cop, when you're having a standoff like this. But our our society, our media, our politicians have made it this way because they they don't want police to be strong. They don't want you to be doing your job. Ultimately, their end game is they want police departments to fall apart so that we have federal policing, so the government has 
has everyday power in your life. But this is the state of things. This is how much they've diminished and dissolved law enforcement and police officers where they've made you timid. They've made you weak. The, in the last four years, all the good cops have decided, fuck this noise. I'm out of here. And now we have these police officers who are who are yes men, police officers who are fearful for their careers and their future and their livelihoods. And we have completely dissolved police from being a strong and effective force for protecting taxpayers to now where we where we're bowing and getting into confrontations that we're not necessarily going to win with with gang members doing everyday shit, serving warrants. This should have never gone down this way. And it's because of the way that police mentalities have changed. The protector mentality versus the warrior mentality. It's coming from admin. It's coming from all sides. So in a sense, I feel bad for these police officers because they're being they're being eroded by the conditions they're in. All the forces that are up against them are making them into terrible tacticians to weaker police officers. They don't think anyone's going to back them up on anything they do. But ultimately, these are the officers who are who are going to be the ones deciding, right? Like you don't have a lieutenant or captain coming down here. You don't have CNN. You don't get to check with LeBron James like, hey, LeBron, am I good to go? But these are all the people who are going to criticize you and decide what happens to you afterwards. Are you going to go to jail the rest of your life? Are you going to get fired? Is your career over because you're having to take the shot? It, it's just it's way too much weighing you down even under ideal circumstances like that police officer in Boise who had to shoot the guy with the knife. You know, that was a, that was, that was case in point. That was completely different. And, and he didn't have to deal with all those stuff because he was in Boise. These guys in San Fran, they don't get to operate with a clear mind. They don't get to focus on what's right in front of them. So I feel bad for these guys. Yeah. I, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like you couldn't set it better. All right, we'll go ahead and play it out because unfortunately this is going to escalate to use of force. I've said this on failure to stop before. As a citizen in this country, whether you're a gangbanger, whether you're a convicted uh, gang rapist of a minor like this Ryan Bluford is, you have rights, right? So if you get arrested, uh, you have Sixth Amendment rights to due process. You have Eighth Amendment rights to reasonable bond. You have rights to a fair and speedy trial. You have a right to protect yourself from incriminating yourself. If you If you are getting arrested, you're not going to be taken straight to the guillotine. This is not the end of you. You do not have to decide your fate out here in the streets. You're going to have a process that's going to be respected. Your rights are going to be upheld. And any infringements, that's going to be addressed, right? Anything that goes wrong, that's grounds for an appeal. That's a grounds for a mistrial. Uh, so use and enjoy all your rights. But you know what? If you're this Ryan Bluford asshole and you, know, you said, you know what? I'm going to have my trial right here. I'm going to have trial by combat then you get what you get. And Ryan Bluford, convicted sex offender, gets the death penalty because he decided to have trial by combat here today. I'll go ahead and play it. Hands up or I'll shoot! Get your hands up or I'll shoot you in the head! Hands up or I'll shoot you in the head! Hands up! Get your hands up! Drop your hands up or I'll shoot you in the head! Get out! Get down! Get down! Get down! Is he holding a gun or is that his hand? What's the question? I I can't tell if that's a gun that he's waving or if it's just his hand. He's he's got it in his in his waistband. Uh, he he does have it. I don't know if you heard the one police officer saying please. Like at this point, he does not want to have an officer involved shooting. He's he's almost begging the guy. They're giving him orders, but they're also begging him right now. This Blueford guy because he's not complying. 
he's actually in charge of the situation, right? And the police don't want to have to resort to using lethal force to take back control of the situation. This is spiraled out of control. He's not responding to the usual tactics of just using verbal commands. You can see that there's an, another vantage point now where he is taking over the street. He's out intersection. Uh, he's causing a major you know, disturbance of the neighborhood here. And police officers don't want to have to shoot him. They're begging him. But this guy won't fucking give up. Like I said, this is the moment where he got to decide. Could I just like throw the gun down, lay down in the streets, and be arrested for being an asshole? Which at this point, you know, he hasn't pointed the gun at anybody. Uh, whatever he's facing criminally is very minor. But he decides that he's going to have his trial right here and he gets what he gets. Get down! Get down! Put your hands up and get on the ground! Put your hands up and get it on the ground! Fuck. Okay, so he goes right for his radio and his radio is like boop, boop, because everybody's yeah. on the radio. Again, yep. that's going to be broken from, from people. You, the radio is not that important. Um, not I mean, right in that moment, no. But like, what's more important right now is making sure that a, that threat is completely eliminated. That he's not crawling for that gun to make one last stand. Um, but like, that is a trained habit that everybody has trained. Shoot, go right to your radio, and it should be shoot. Get to the subject. What what's getting on that radio going to do that you can't do right yeah. now? You know, there's like 15 other people out there. Uh, it should be like whoever's furthest away from the shot or whoever didn't take the shot. Go ahead and get on the radio. But um, you can tell that everybody's trying to get on the radio because that's the way it's been trained and taught. Again, I feel super bad for these these officers in San Francisco, and I'm not trying to sharpshoot them. It's just they're just a product of of uh, uh, of their environment here and, and of their training. Now, somebody asked me in the chats, and I want to get to it really quickly, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, it was from uh, Joe Russo. He says, "Why would being a protector rather than a warrior be an issue? Is that the whole point of a sheepdog? The reason why protector mindset, um, why I'm so heavily." Against against it is because Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, um, who uh, has, has uh, time in special operations, his son uh, he, he went up through uh, special operations and, um, and, and it's a phenomenal story with the, the whole Grossman family. But Lieutenant Colonel Grossman wrote a book uh, and he started this way back in the day coming out of special operations. I mean, we're talking way before any of you guys had internet or thought this stuff was cool, but mindset, uh, warrior mindset is what he came up with, a warrior mindset training. And if you read the book, Warrior Mindset, um, it, it's just a really great book. He also wrote a, a phenomenal book called On Killing, and it goes back to war. But to be a protector, you first have to be a warrior. You have to be a fighter before you can know anything about peace. If you don't know anything about war, then you cannot know anything about peace. You have to be willing to, if you're going to be able to protect somebody, you have to have, you have to first be a monster. You have to first learn how to be a warrior, to be a monster, so that when the monster comes knocking at your door, you can defeat him. If you're just a pacifist your whole life, when the uh, wolf comes up, you're going to have no way of dealing with that wolf and it's going to eat you alive. But he came up with just a very well-articulated, wonderful book. It's called The Warrior Mindset. And that training has gone through all the special operations since, I, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, 20 years, a decade uh, plus, I don't know. Uh, it's been in there for a long time, but it, the warrior mindset training, I received it first when I was in the military in the very early 2000s. Um, and then a lot of police agencies adopted that um, as military veterans were getting out of the military and taking a lot of their uh, veteran experiences 
and 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 bringing them to law enforcement a lot of law enforcement agencies across it was mandatory reading or it was on the the suggested reading list was this warrior mindset well as all fucking pol politician leaders do they want to take something that's great and then they want to make it their own and so some nerd took advantage of the whole blm michael brown um the whole ferguson riot thing he took advantage of this and decided he was going to take his mark and put it over top of lieutenant colonel grossman's by saying well warrior mindset is not the way to go protector mindset is what we need to be focused on and it was nothing but propaganda to further the whole defund the police and to pussify the police movement that's what the protector mindset is just 100 propaganda are there some good points and there's some good notes yes but the whole thing was the whole thing was produced to uh kind of overshadow what had already been great training which is warrior mindset so protector mindset is nothing but propaganda it's it's taking authority and it's making pussies out of police officers and giving them excuse and and, and giving a way to shame those officers who have become tacticians who have become great shooters and and uh, and who have become um, uh, uh, great uh, t tacticians with their hands and their feet and their fists. And let me tell you something. When you're up against somebody and you look at them and you know that you can wrap them into a pretzel about 18 different ways or that you know that you're in line with a subject that's 25 plus yards away and you're confident that you can put one wipe between his eyes, you're a lot more cool, you're a lot more collect, and that gives you a lot more room for a lot more critical thinking. And anybody that has combat experience, has SWAT experience, has hard street cop training experience, if you put them at a scene with newer officers or officers from uh, from districts that don't have as much crime, you can absolutely see the wheels spinning in the and uh, in, in the tacticians versus the panic uh, that are coming from officers who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And that's what you want. You want a warrior that knows that he could shoot that dude from twenty five yards out, and he doesn't have to just sit there and scream and yell at the subject because he knows and he's confident that we can start doing something critical. We can start critically thinking our way through this and start making this scene a little bit more safer and secure, so on and so forth. Not trying to put any of this on this case because I think these guys did exactly all they can do, especially the two officers that showed up. Um, and I think there's a lot of jokes to be made. Why didn't these two uniform officers who are warriors, why didn't they show up to make this arrest to begin with? Why did you have these plain clothes? You, why, why even expose the plain clothes officers? Why do that? Why not just have the, why not just utilize the uniform officers that you, that you have, or why not have them at least in a perimeter so that they could pop out and get this guy into a cop car? I don't know. I wasn't there, but I think these are some things to look at. The, the, the protector mindset is nothing but hogwash. Are there good points to it that can be made? Sure, but but warrior mindset was perfect. They just wanted just some asshole wanted to overshadow Lieutenant Colonel Grossman because of his ego, because he wanted promotion, and he wanted to take advantage of the defund the police BLM movement. And he changed it to to protector. You you can't convince me otherwise. How's it working out for you? How's the protector mindset working out for you? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not making our neighborhood safer. Look at this. I mean, serving warrants is something the police departments are doing in, in your city every single day. Sheriff's departments are doing this. And look how the situation turned out, right? Like they just want to go hook up this guy. I wonder what the warrant was even for. It's probably non-support of a minor child or something, right? And uh, and, and it turned into this huge confrontation. If, if you got to remember, if, particularly if you have bad admin, you've got to be even better with your tactics. Meaning if you're a plain close police officer and you see you got a warrant, a guy you got a warrant for, maybe... Don't confront him while he's in the nest of the hyenas. Maybe wait till you can get him cold or separated from the rest of the herd. Find a way to get him when he's a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, if your admin's not going to back you up and you think a situation like that could escalate, just be a smart police officer too. I'm not telling you uh, to turn your back against someone, you know, not to not do your job, to not arrest, but just, you know, 
when, when I was, when I, again, I don't, I hate to relate everything back to my job because corrections is very different, but it's like, you have to, you have to know when to pick your battles. And it's not, it's not sometimes a matter of yes or no, I'm going to do this, but when, right. And so just be smart. Uh, don't get into confrontations like this with gangs and alleys. And uh, how about this? If you are going to do it, if that's what you just the way you roll, have a car ready to go. Holy shit. Don't just stand out on the corner waiting for an Uber to show up. And we don't know all the ins and outs of everything that went wrong here, but you know, the, the, the case in point, this was an everyday police thing, police action going on that ended up with somebody being shot. And even though these police officers did a good job and they did what they had to do, their lives are going to be ruined for a long time. It's going to take years to, to, to go through the court process on this, to go through their own administrative process, to have whether or not their shoot was okay. And uh, it, it, it didn't have to be that way. And it escalated at that point through some poor tactics. But also just keep in mind, police officers, and I say this to everyone, no matter where you are, even if you're not in San Francisco, you never know when a Ryan Bluford is going to come out of the blue. You're not in control of a situation. You never know when some asshole is going to roll up on you on a traffic stop and try to try to get involved. Sovereign citizen, your ass or something. But just do the best you can. Be smart. Keep control of a situation. Be assertive. Be strong. Make sure that you're going to leave that encounter and you're going to go home safely. I'm glad that the, no officers were hurt in this one, but society has no more respect for you as a cop. This is not like how it was when you were, when Eric and I were kids where we respected police officers, uh, people are going to do and what do and, and say whatever they want now. And it's, it's because of media. It's because of the politicians lying to them really in truth, no one's been hurt more than the defund movement than, than black communities, you know, black communities. And in, in many places, I think of like Baltimore and uh, Gary, Indiana and Chicago and places where you have these huge black communities that have a huge amount of crime. Well, now you have the police officers not responding to that like they did years ago because the defund movement. So who suffers? Who are the victims of crime? Very often it's black people. You know, white people, uh, people of all kinds are being victimized by the defund movement. But let's not fool ourselves. One of the biggest groups of people who are victimized by the defund movement is black people. So thank you to Black Lives Matter. Thank you to all the people who sensationalized the death of George Floyd because you have victimized your own people. Right. We don't even talk about Atlanta, which Atlanta um, had made the list um, in the 18 or no, the top 20 uh, most dangerous neighborhoods um, or streets in America. I think Atlanta's on there like six or eight times. So I, I love that we don't give any Atlanta any love. Um, but Atlanta, very dangerous, very violent place. Um, and with their things, Red is in the chat. She says, I think the plain clothes make me think that they are a fugitive team or some kind of detectives. Um, you know, who knows? I, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, however, I'll tell this. I wish I could have red on sometime. Cause I, I don't think red would have handled, I don't think you would have handled this way. Red, um, again, critical thinking, but you know, red's a, a, one of those bums. She's not fat. Um, and you got these overweight women officers. I can already tell that these women officers, just the way that they present themselves, the way they talk to themselves, um, the way they wear their hair, they're not warriors. They're not warriors at all. Um, but when you got somebody like Red, who is a real warrior, she always trained CrossFit. She was always trying to better herself as a shooter. She was always stressing about the small things. And you know what? When somebody got mouthy with Red, she she had plenty of jokes to back it up. I can remember a time where a guy talked shit, tried to run from her. She kicked him in the back of the head, bounced his face off of a parking curb and i, I want to say the guy lost a couple of teeth if i'm not mistaken um uh but she she had all the tools to to be violent and be a warrior but she was loved in that community because she had some of the best jokes and that's because she had 
confidence that when she put her hands on somebody, they knew they weren't going to get away. And if they were going to try to get away, she was probably going to outrun them because she just presented herself like she was some kind of a track athlete. You know, she was a basketball star. But like you, they there was a sense of pride, high esprit de corps coming out of her, the way she wore her uniform. You don't get that from these officers. Again, not knocking on the officer. I know it sounds like I really am, but this is San Francisco. This is the kind of shit that has to change. And they are allowed to be like that. And that's the culture of San Francisco police. And it's got to change or, or how this could have played out. I'll end it here. Guys, he presented that weapon. One of your dudes retreated really far off. All that dude had to do was shoot your suspect in handcuffs while he's trying to shoot that girl cop. This whole thing would have changed. He could have shot the girl cop. Now she's laying out in the middle of the way and that dude's 40 yards away from her, the other guy. And that dude had all the places for cover to go and hide. And then he could kind of pick himself out a will. She's laying on the ground, bleeding out. Where are you going to go? You guys let that go way too far and you got lucky. Thank God you guys got lucky. Could have been a lot worse and you have to start thinking about those things. You have to think about the what ifs. No doubt. Um, because this could have been very, very ugly and you guys got lucky. That's how you want to live the whole 30 year career is just getting lucky by all means go for it. Um, I think that, uh, I think that's a, a crazy way of living and I don't think that's a very sustainable way of retaining officers. So we'll see how it works out for you guys. I hope it gets better for you in San Francisco, but to those officers who went and just did the Lord's work and, and uh, did it well, I'm glad that those two guys showed up and were ready to talk shit and, and they were ready to get into it. Please put the gun down, put the fucking gun down. I'll shoot you in the face. I mean, you guys, that you guys set the stand. You guys handled that. Well, I like that you guys did it. And, um, and I'm glad you guys all got to go home to your families. I really do. So kudos to you guys. You won. Yeah, one, but uh, I'd like to see you guys win by a touchdown and not just a, a field goal. But um, for myself, for uh, Jonathan Bates and uh, the rest of the crew here at the Failure Stop family, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Head over to Patreon. Subscribe. $3. Tons of extra content. Lots of breaking political news. Just put out a Patreon news show yesterday talking about all sorts of stuff that's in the news. There's a Daniel Penny update uh, in there. And then we also have MAGA folks being spied on by the FBI. So if you shopped at Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop where you've bought a Bible in or uh, around January 6th, you may want to go and listen to that episode and be in the know. Knowing's half the battle. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Bye.